0: As Spider-Man's Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. But who has the power? This podcast is recorded at The Pod in White City Place. I'm Charlie Braids price and I'm producing this episode of the podcast to discuss power. (laughs) Who do you think, Ruby, is the most powerful person in our country or, in fact, in the world?
1: (laughs) So I did some research, and I was looking at, like, all the top-down lists of people, and then I was making my own lists of, like, what I I constituted as power. Okay. So I thought power came from extreme wealth. So if you have wealth, you have social influence, so that's the kind of power that you'd go on. Yeah. So I settled on the most powerful person in the world being Xi Jinping, who is the general secretary for the Communist Party of China. Is
0: he she? The richest person in the world.
1: He is also number one. Glad you asked that. Also (laughs) number one on the Forbes Rich List of 2018, which was published this month.
0: Like the billionaires. Uh, It's like the
1: rich list, yeah. So like it's like the most the people who are like worth the most, rather than like like the people who like have the most, yeah.
0: And I thought it was interesting. I chose him
1: because if you think about influence and power on people, maybe you'd also be thinking about how many people, yeah. And China's got like billions of people. So, yeah, he's winning for me. He's what about winning. you? Who do you think is the oh. most powerful?
0: Well, I thought <laughs> I thought it must be Donald Trump. I mean, obviously he's got the wealth thing as well, but to be able to do uh, the capacity to do something or act in a particular way, like he literally does whatever he wants, right? Mm. Like he can be an absolute prick and get away with it. Like it's almost like he's testing his power his limits by And also Kanye West.
1: Oh, extremely powerful. And like
0: Kim Kardashian. Can you have
1: like power structures with couples and then they like combine their power to have like, you know, a bigger experience? The Beckhams. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're a good couple. What about Trump and Melania? Do you think Melania No, because Melania is like silent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what her voice sounds like. Do you know what her voice sounds like? I was going to do an impression,
1: but that would be really bad.
0: Don't do an impression if you really know.
1: No, I won't do one then. It also might sound a bit racist. Okay. Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But um, do you feel like you're powerful?
1: Uh, I don't ever feel powerful unless I am given power.
0: Right. Um, So So your power comes from other people. It doesn't come within.
1: No. I find it very hard to, like, feel socially empowered alone because I'm just Ah. like, I'm just a nothingness in the world. And until someone says, like, we're going to put you in charge of this thing – and then they give me power, and then they give me the right. Someone has to validate my power. Right. But I'm also conscious that, in the general scheme of things, I'm powerful, I'm middle class, I work in television, I have the power to change, like, media narratives, so, yes. I don't know, do you think you're powerful?
0: Um, Yes. No, I don't. (laughs) Well, I I think I have the ability to feel really powerful and in charge and in control, and then the ability to feel like I'm an absolute piece of shit like within probably the same half hour.
2: And now, a definition.
0: The definition of power is twofold. One, the ability or capacity to do something or act in a particular way. For example, we have the power of speech, being able to talk, or... More interestingly, the power of privilege. What does your privilege allow you to do? Two, the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behaviour of others or the course of events.
1: Yeah, so people who own things can fire or hire, can create laws. They're people right at the top of, like, all social hierarchies.
0: And influence all of us. Influencers. What
1: about, like, social influences? Are they, like, powerful people as well?
0: That's a form of power. Mm. It's all a form of bloody power, isn't it? Breaking it down for the first part of that argument, the ability to do something and act in a particular way, I think that's quite interesting, because that's more about what the individual feels like they can do within themselves. Mm. Sometimes I like to test my power by behaving in a weird way, right? Yeah. Like being at work and doing something weird. Like today, I just left at half past four and I was having a meeting outside the office but I was like I'm not going to tell anyone where I'm going and just see if anyone questions me mm, on it
1: yeah I sometimes take hour lunch breaks like really take them like go meet <laughs> I'm like let's see because it's like I guess I bet
0: Trump would take an hour lunch break <laughs> if he wanted to can you imagine Kanye being like I left the studio half an hour early so I'm really powerful cheeky yeah like who cares so like,
1: what you're saying is like it's testing the limits of, of like where you could take it like.
0: Mm.
2: so
1: you're saying that it is hierarchical and we're like on one level and yeah. we're like testing to see whether the powers above Us would bring us down back to size and be like, actually, you can't take that lunch break. Actually, you should be leaving at six.
0: Yeah, and it's like testing your power boundaries like a toddler does. Mm. Like pushing their mum, asking, why, 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 why do I have to do this? And that's like Kanye. So, those with more power have more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What about the Queen? I think she does just through her status. I think the influence of the royal family is massive, as we've seen from The Royal Wedding. The Royal Wedding. Did you watch it?
1: (laughs) I was in Ibiza, so no. Oh, um, have you seen it? Though? I, like I watched online? it, and then I watched them kiss. And then my mom's really into <laughs> it because they're an interracial relationship, and yeah. I'm in an interracial relationship. And it, my mom called me in Ibiza and was like, "Did you watch? Did you see her dress?" And I hate to say it, I don't give a shit. Do you not? And I wish I could be more um, like community and like British about it, but I think there's so many more important things to be talking about. And I just think it's like a terrible like. Disguise for something. Although people are like, oh, it's happy news. It's like, no, there's other happy news happening,
0: like, with just normal people. So, when we're talking about power structures, I think we should talk about the establishment. What do you think the establishment means? The most elite
1: cream of the crop people who can dictate everything. Cream of the crop? But I also think all the establishment are dickheads, but then sometimes I worry that I'm part of the establishment.
0: Yeah, it's a very lefty thing to say, isn't it, establishment? So, the idea of the establishment was first popularised in the mid-1950s by a journalist called Henry Farley, one of the best names I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, He coined the term to describe how the elite networks at the top of British society closed ranks to protect their own... I, when I think of elite, I often think of, like, sports people. Oh. I think of, like, Roger Federer.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, well, he is definitely part of the elite. <laughs> definitely elite. But why would your mind
0: jump to that immediately?
1: Uh, why? Just, like, because elite he has sports. money. and <laughs> No, no.
0: but just, like, oh, someone who's really good at the thing they do. Like, right. the MasterChef people are elite. Oh, mate, you've got that but, wrong. That yeah, wrong. but it's not. It's not. So the definition is a select group of people that are superior in terms of ability or qualities to the rest of of a group or society. I think of, like, the Navy SEALs and the Marines. They're, like, elite forces. But actually, what we're talking about here is kind of just um, upper-class people, people with money, people who've been to Eton, people who have been to Oxford and Cambridge, people who have a lot of inherited Mm. wealth...
1: Yeah, exactly. So that power is like connected to wealth. I also think it's about like if we're going to say that people like society is organised into communities, which community within society is the wealthiest? That's the establishment.
0: That's, yeah. You
1: know, that's who the most powerful.
0: And I, I find the elite very mysterious. Oh. I just Why? Like, they're
1: so secretive. Well, like the Freemasons.
0: <laughs> they're not elite are they? Aren't they like electricians? I mean and they're a secret
1: society that apparently, according to conspiracy theories, like control everything. I'm like
0: Oh yeah, I've heard that. But my mm. friend's dad's part of it and he's an electrician <laughs> and it's just like you help each other out, like, oh, we've got a job and it's electricity and plumbing. <laughs> Dave, we need you on this job. Do you think they always say like
1: that you gotta get you know when they say if you like enter an industry that you're not you don't belong to or you enter a social class that you don't belong to, they yeah. say like, oh, I got my foot in the door Yeah. As if like the door was closed and like they were like this group of And
0: they're going to slam it on you. You put it in quick. (laughs) (laughs) Slide (laughs) it. People with real power, I just think it's really hard for us to actually get to them. Mm -hmm. And we're obsessed in television. Like, how many times have you been in a commissioning meeting and they're like, oh, please, can we make a programme about super rich people with really nice cars? And then you troll the internet and you manage to get somebody on the show who isn't the elite. Yeah. Like the real elite will never take part in an interview, will never take part in mm-hmm. in a television programme. I remember doing the Joey Essex election special and could not get David Cameron for love nor money. And I just... And you can't... We had to, like, basically stalk Boris Johnson to get him. We had to risk quite a lot to, like, barge our way on the Brexit mm-hmm. bus. They just weren't having any of it. Um, and I'm quite interested in, like, what Henry Farley says about... Closing ranks to protect their own is quite an important thing because if the people that hold this power don't let anybody else in it's very difficult to spread the power out right
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and i guess maybe that's how communities are just driven to like protect their own and stay insular and keep them like, like london's actually a really good example of that because everyone's like that's really multicultural like everyone's like living together and it's like no it's not like lots of poor people live in the east and the south of london and the rest mm. of london is like there are districts where you just wouldn't see a black person and there are yeah. districts where you just wouldn't see a white person and actually it's because everyone like ghettoizes their own communities it's just that When you ghettoise inside. The
0: ghettoisation of wealth. The ghettoisation of, yeah, power. I think we should go to a clip of Owen Jones. He wrote a book called The Establishment, which is a good read if you're listening. I will put a link to it in the show notes.
3: Popular anger has been redirected cynically, shamelessly, remorselessly from those at the top of society, those with power, to people's neighbours down the streets instead. Unemployed people. Benefit claimants, immigrants, public sector workers, anyone but those with power. Anyone but those who actually run the societies in which we all live. And what this is, is the politics of envy. Because if you stand up for the bottom 70%, they call you a class warrior. You stand up for the top 1% and apparently you're a moderate. But in my view... It is the powerful who promote the politics of envy an attempt to make those who struggle envy each other. That a low-paid worker whose wages are being slashed in real terms by their employers, their in-work benefits being cut by this government, that they should not be angry with their boss, they should not be angry with the government, that they should envy the unemployed person down the road living in a mansion made out of widescreen television sets.
0: Are you a fan of the late, great Tony Benn? Absolutely, yeah. I love Tony Benn. I've got a mug, and on the mug of Tony Benn, with a picture of Tony Benn, how many times you say Tony (laughs) Benn? He has, um, like, a five-point phrase about power, and it says...
1: What power have you got? Where did you get it from? in whose interest you exercise it, to whom you're accountable, and how can we get rid of you? And if you can't get rid of the people who govern you, you don't live in a democratic system.
0: Um, should we give this a go with Donald Trump? Oh, yeah. So, OK, what power has Donald Trump got?
1: He runs a country, he can... Leader, women, of, the leader of the free world. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty big.
0: He, he, and financial as well. Where did you get it from? The it, Russians. It was inherited... Oh, right. Inherited wealth. And potentially the Russians gave him his seat. Yeah. Reality TV. Yes. Cheating online. Yes. Cambridge Analytica. Lying. In whose interest does he exercise it? I think he exercises it for himself. And the wealthy. Yeah. And the NRA, he's,
1: like, gun people.
0: He's not working for working class America. No. He is... I don't believe he's making their life better right now. Okay, and to whom is he accountable the Senate? The, elect- uh, the Senate and the electorate. But he is the leader of the free world, so he's almost not accountable to anyone whilst he's in office. Yeah. There's been loads of times where people are like, oh, we could impeach him. Yeah. But we haven't. But also I say whole, we, it's not us. That America. whole thing about America. having the
1: power to the red button, it's like the nuclear button's actually... Is there
0: actually a button?
1: No, I think no, it's just... Well, surely they wouldn't have would be anything crazy. What what on the button. What if someone like cleaner just <laughs> cleaning the button? Who's,
0: like, rigged that up? <laughs> Got an electrician from the Freemasons <laughs> in to, like, rig up the button. And how can we get rid of you? Impeachment. Impeachment, yeah. I have to work towards impeachment or him not getting elected again.
1: Or murder. Yeah. Too much, maybe. Not that we would no, ever I would never ever that. kill
0: him. So, Tony Ben. And Owen Jones are socialists, as is Jeremy Corbyn and Bernie Sanders. So socialism is a political and economic theory of social organisation which advocates that the means of production, distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. In layman's terms, that is, we are all working together for the same thing. Um, And it's kind of characterised a lot with Jeremy Corbyn with the nationalisation of public services, so things like railways, his, his campaigning for, for that to be run nationally, like councils are run like the NHS is run, and to kind of pare back what's been happening to yeah, the NHS. Like it all used to be. Yeah, and it seems to me like a good idea. I think I would call myself a socialist. Feels like a bit of a dirty word, though.
1: It feels really radical as well. Yeah. I don't know why. I think maybe lots of people, like, associate it now... With Corbyn and Corbyn's Corbs. politics and like Marxism and yeah. like,
0: do you think as a functioning society we need to have a group of people that hold the power to govern us? Mm. Do we need an establishment?
1: I mean, I don't personally think capitalism has been working for this country, mm. but I mean, I again, I don't think socialism has historically worked for other people either. I guess Is it's Scandinavia
0: be- socialist.
1: No, not really. They it's have like companies. they're more
0: um, they they're have... more
1: towards socialism, but I mean they still they're still like capitalist to a sense, right? Because they still yeah. like, pay really high taxes in order to have that welfare state to support everybody. Yeah, so everyone just gets paid more. Yeah, and they look after each other a bit more. So
0: yeah, do you think we need an establishment?
1: Yes or no? It's really hard because, <laughs> like, if you entered into a world that you didn't know anything about, you would want somebody above you to teach you and tell you. Yeah. One, so that there is something to be said for, like, learning from historical mistakes. And sometimes people who have been there know and hon- own power can tell you, like, parents or grandparents. Mm. And then the other. Elders. Thing, elders. Is elders. that the House of Lords, though? Everyone hates House of Lords. Yeah. I mean, it's not the House of Lords. Cause, uh,
0: <laughs> is it? Yeah. I don't know. I'd love to be a Lord. Is that bad?
1: I don't think you get to be a Lord, do you? Are you, aren't you like a baroness or something? Oh yeah, lady. You're a lady.
0: No, you're not a lady. Lord and lady. Lord and lady. But is it? The, it's not the ladies. It's the lords. It's, is that just sexism? It's the House of Lords. But I don't know if oh, actually no, maybe you are. A it's Lord. baroness?
1: Baroness. Baroness Braids price. Sarcy. Baroness Bro- Lacy. Baroness <laughs> That sounds quite good actually.
0: <laughs> baroness Pabani. Thing- we could sit together. We could. <laughs> I know. When we're
1: really old. Should we do that? That, <laughs> yeah. feels, that feels like a pretty good. Can we we'll both have grey hair
0: there. and like buns on the top of our heads and like we little glasses like of chains Still on them. colourful dungarees. Yeah. And
1: like. um, but I was going to say the other thing about socialism that I never think works as well is this whole idea of like the community having one voice. Yeah. Especially in Britain right now when everything is so incredibly fractured so and we divided. are so divided. Like how can we pretend we're doing stuff for communities when we're not even like connected to communities. Mm. Like even you and I we want to do stuff for women of colour, women, working class women and yes we we are trying to do that within our free time but Day-to-day, we mix with, like, telly people.
0: TV-privileged like, people. Exactly. And you start living a real middle-class lifestyle. Yeah. Where an Uber is just, I oh, just order that. And then
1: you're like, God, when was I so into, like, avocados and toast? That's weird. It's <laughs>
0: nice, though.
1: It is nice. It's all right it's nice, nice food. But you and I always talk about, like, feeling like social climbers. Like, for us, it's like, oh, we made but it. But everyone
0: does. Everyone feels like that. Everyone comes into TV and is like, I'm, I, I, my, my dad was a mechanic. It's you know I shouldn't really be here it's like you went to Oxford didn't you yeah yeah but I was like the first one in my family to go to university it's like well if you look at the rates of people going to university most of us were the first people in our family to go to university yeah. like so many more people went to university in the late noughties than they did in the 80s when our parents would have been there so yeah. doesn't work
1: doesn't work it's it's complicated <laughs>
0: So, I'm starting to sense a theme here. All the people that we've spoken about in terms of the elite, the establishment, are mainly or all men, (laughs) (laughs) specifically white men. Everyone we've spoken to, everyone we've, oh no, you're. Jinping. Jinping. Yeah. The only non white man, but we we don't know much about him. I want to talk about the power of the patriarchy. I think we definitely need a definition for patriarchy because it's a phrase I band about way too much, if I'm honest.
2: (laughs) Mind the gap.
0: Patriarchy, a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. Largely. (laughs) So I think it's really important to note here that when we talk about patriarchy, especially amongst kind of feminist circles... Are we a feminist circle? Are we in this circle? Um, It's more of a line. We're not talking about, like, men versus women, not all men versus all women we're talking about powerful men versus everybody else.
1: And maintaining those structures as well. So, like, it's not just about men and women. It's about women also can, can like, support the patriarchy. You know, that is something that women can do by, uh, you know, like, saying that it's okay for her partner who, or someone who's her colleague to earn more than her because yeah. she's had a child. Like, that is, that is for me, is reinforcing mm. the patriarchy and not allowing all the equality to happen.
0: And also not backing herself. And yep. I know I'm really guilty of feeding the patriarchy, and I don't mean to, but I think, you know, the patriarchy is an army that has outposts in your head. <laughs> exactly. Who said that? That was great. Someone said I that. I like that. It's it's deep-rooted, yeah. this power structure. And I think learning about patriarchy in my feminist awakening, it was the hardest thing to really digest and take in. And, like, once you learn it, you can never unlearn it. And that deep-rooted feeling of privilege is... I think the starting point for all of these discussions and I wish we could just like wave a wand and everyone in the world understood what patriarchy and privilege meant and then we could have conversation because I feel like so much of our conversations are proving sexism, misogyny, Mm. Um, chauvinism and patriarchy but that's when if we all just understood it we could just start again. I think
1: people do understand it and they benefit from it and that's why they're not not—they're unwilling to discuss it because yeah. they are the purveyors of power they're the people who own that they can continue on why would they want to dissect it and then they feel threatened their power is threatened by women talking about how structures make us unequal because they're like well, well I'm good I'm good from this top seat like don't fuck that up for me um, and you can see why they'd be scared you can see because it would be like somebody coming up to you and being like you know what white women they've got it too easy what we need to do is just we need to get rid of the white women like you know you'd be like whoa 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 because everyone doesn't understand like their privilege and then they're like kind of it's much more fragmented than that yeah isn't
0: it? where is the patriarchy ruby
1: it's everywhere right it's like within me it's within you <laughs> it's like the holy
0: spirit <laughs> yeah
1: like i think similarly when i had my like feminist awakening i was just really into like like the stats behind things yeah and that's when things really started to blow my mind like Yes, mostly I was employed by, like, white, middle-class Oxbridge people. Yeah. And I felt really good because I felt like I was in, like, some... The club. You yeah, feel I accepted was by club, exactly. Um, but then when you stop and think about why those people are holding power and who employs them and who's at the top of the food chain yeah. and you start looking at numbers and it's just, like, it's so devastating to be young and ambitious and growing up in, like, one of the most free, multicultural cities in the world and still feel like you're not equal Yeah. that's when you're like holy shit the planet has a problem like the other day we were talking about like how, how, much, how much percentage of the world do you think is sexist um, and it's the majority <laughs> oh. like of course right we, we live in this place where we think it's okay and we still have problems with it yeah. So like it's for me the patriarchy is everywhere.
0: And and you remember that lady that came over? Where was she from? <laughs> so
1: random. What lady?
0: <laughs> no, do you remember? She was like a um I wanna say she's like in UN or something. She did like a study of Britain and she was like it was actually about something else, but her main findings were like Britain is literally the sexist place I've ever been. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the levels of sexism in this country. And I think it was when page three was still running. It's mm. just like, what the hell is this? What yeah. are you guys doing? Um, it, we all like to deny it's there. And I. it's like with the establishment, it seems quite mythical. And I'm quite aware that on this podcast so far, we've really spoken very broadly and almost philosophically about all of this. And it's like... Oh, I don't know it's like the Holy Spirit it's everywhere <laughs> and how do we get it
1: <laughs> it's such a hard thing to tackle I mean I agree with you that it's it's we've been talking about it quite theoretically and it's abstract but I don't think it's like an invisible thing there are like actual physical things that we can say like that is because of the patriarchy and that is because yeah of the patriarchy. True. like right to women's bodies in Ireland yes. that is because of the patriarchy yeah And systems in place that make sure women are excluded from rooms, like golf clubs in Britain that women can't attend to or strip clubs where we're talking about like they always have like business meetings there. Like women are taken out of conversations. And it's been really weird seeing like women have their own conversations and men feel now threatened by that. Yeah. It's like, well, we couldn't fucking come into yours. So, like, why can't we yeah. just do it ourselves?
0: Do you know what? The last time I felt the patriarchy was a couple of days ago, and I sent um, a pitch for a documentary that I wanted to make, um, and it was focused on women, and it was the male executive that I sent it to said to me that he felt like I was too personally connected to the subject matter to direct it.
1: I thought, is that <laughs> what they said to Reggie Yates? Is that what they said to Louis Theroux? Is that what they said to like so many males who author documentaries across broadcast? Like,
0: when was the last time you um, felt the patriarchy? Oh, I'm
1: currently working a job which is so. Like male dominated. Um, Too many dicks
0: in the dance floor. There's so
1: many dicks in the room all the time. <laughs> uh, but I'm also cutting uh, a TV series for Channel Five that's about the police and all the police in North Yorkshire. The so po-po. It's just Like white men that I'm editing all day. White men that are giving me advice and taking over my job. And I've never felt more like there is no woman here that I can turn to to talk to about this. At every level above me is a white man. So right now I feel it every fucking day. It weighs down on me and. I don't know how to smash it, except to quit, and that doesn't feel like Smash (laughs) the patriarchy.
0: Political writer Laurie Penny writes in Teen Vogue, the patriarchy is so scared of women's anger that eventually we learn to fear it too. We walk walk around as if we are bombs about to go off, worried about admitting how livid we are, even at ourselves. Interesting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just a quote I thought I'd put it. Laurie Laurie Penny's a G, I love her.
0: Laurie Penny is radical as fuck. Mm. I her her book The Unspeakable Things. Mm. I learned a lot about patriarchy within that and I found it really enforcing my own anger and my own frustrations with it because I think that sort of the sort of power that is ingrained in your soul where you feel like as a woman you cannot be angry you need every single thing you say to be backed up because people are going to discredit you and disbelieve you people are going to assume that you're not funny that you're not smart that you're not as good as you're the not men smart around you like a
1: really big one i've always felt that like that i should always be worried about like sounding intelligent when actually yeah. i meet so many men who sound like total idiots mm. and they don't mind
0: we're always talking about powerful women and try, like, striving to be one. Like, it's the big thing about yeah, powerful women. We're gonna all be powerful women. Mm. That's what we want, power. When do we want it now? <laughs> um, so, my most powerful woman is Oprah. So, if you don't know who Oprah is, who the hell are you? But she's um, she is a talk so, show host, actress, producer, and philanthropist. Philanthropist. She's best known for her talk show, the Oprah Winfrey Show, which I grew up watching. Um, Is the highest rated television program of its kind in history between 1986 and 2011. She's dubbed as queen of all media and she was the richest African-American of the 20th century. North America's first multi-billionaire black person and has been ranked the greatest black philanthropist. I can't say that word in black history. Um, Several assessments rank her as the most influential woman in the world. Like I've just seen pictures of a house, man, and it's massive. And I like, I just think if Oprah ran for president, she'd get it hands mm. down. She'd just get it in an mm-hmm. instant. And yeah, socially, I think she's great. Old Oprah,
1: yeah. No, I, I love th- Oprah. I totally love love Oprah. But like, I don't know how much like ma- like mainstream like
0: is I, it for younger
1: people yeah. is like for. Like even, my, like, even me, I'd probably have to, like, had, have had to We're do some
0: We're the same research generation. Like, There's
1: only two year difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess is probably more symbolic of women that are, like, a little bit older than us, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I loved the speeches that you're about to play because, like, that, the one that she did at the Golden, Golden Globes with Reese Witherspoon mm. was just,
2: like, really inspiring. What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most... Powerful tool we all have. And I'm especially proud and inspired by all the women who have felt strong enough and empowered enough to speak up and share their personal stories. Each of us in this room are celebrated because of the stories that we tell. And this year, we became the story. But it's not just a story affecting the entertainment industry. It's one that transcends any culture, geography, race, religion, politics, or workplace. So I want tonight to express gratitude to all the women who have endured years of abuse and assault because they, like my mother, had children to feed and bills to pay and dreams to pursue.
0: Who's your most powerful woman? Have you thought about this?
1: I actually wanted to say something quite controversial and say Kim Kardashian. Um, what the the
0: hunger suppressor lollipop lady? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to give her any airtime.
1: You don't want to give her <laughs> no. <laughs> Go on. Well, I think she's but- really much more incredibly powerful and influential than we think that she is.
0: That's why I'm th- so angry about the lollipops. Because yeah. she, she should be more responsible for her power. I bet
1: you more young people, and I'm talking about young people coming up, know who Kim Kardashian is than know Oprah's history. They might know Oprah, of Oprah, and might have their like, her in their mind, but knowing where Oprah's come from, to where yeah. she is, and the things that Oprah has done and owned and created mm. and been part of. So I'm going to say Kim Kardashian, but that is like, a bit nego.
0: Feminism often celebrates like female power, But do we need to be powerful? Is it something we should all be striving for? Like, so far, when we've spoken about power, it's not actually that good. People don't really always use it the right way unless you're maybe Oprah.
1: Yeah, totally. Power corrupts, and actually we don't all need to be the CEOs and we don't all need to be, like, the bosses, but we do need to be the kind of owners of our own faiths and, like, fates even, and, like, the law, and we need to be just on equal power with men. So yes, you know you don't you don't have to be always, you know, preaching feminism in your office and like kind of be
0: a, be the CEO of your company. Yeah,
1: you don't have to be looking for money and wealth and power. You do whatever makes you feel powerful, but just make sure that power always feels like equally spread between you and your male counterparts.
0: Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just I crave power. Me too. Because I'm, so power I'm hungry. I'm an absolute e- egotist.
1: Yeah. Is that a I mean, word? we have our own podcast,
0: so, like, yeah. We love definitely. ourselves a bit too much. Like, <laughs> whenever I think, you know, when you think of, like, an idea or something from work, I always just feel like, oh, my God, when I collect my BAFTA for that, it's <laughs> going to be amazing. <laughs> and I think about my speech and I think about what I wear. Yeah.
1: I mean, I can't tell you how important that is because that, like, jeez me up when yeah. you do all that. Because, like, like, we work in an industry where that potentially could happen to us. And it's way more important for us to be ambitious and keep pushing because if we didn't yeah. want any of it, we
0: wouldn't be here. So I think it's good. When I was a kid, I used to fantasize about being prime minister. <laughs> is that a weird thing to think about? No, I think that's great. <laughs> you know, like when you're just like sitting on a bench, like daydreaming. Yeah, just daydream about the amazing speeches I'm going to make in the House <laughs> yeah. of
1: Commons. I always wanted to be like General Secretary of the UN. Oh,
0: that's a re- that's, that's a re- all, all that the general the secretaries job. of the
1: UN have been like really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to happen for me.
0: <laughs> that's good because you know people like. Fantasise about, I don't know, being in a film with a nice actor.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I also want to sleep with Ryan Gosling on screen.
0: On screen? <laughs> <laughs> just it's really awkward with all the crew around and you've yeah. got like a funny vagina cover on just <laughs> bumping into each other, hoping you don't get wet and he doesn't get hot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So finally, I want to talk about money. Money, money, money. I think it's the first thing... That a lot of people think about, and they think about power, sports cars, chicks, <laughs> <laughs> sexism. Um, so last week I saw a tweet from. Pod- Uh, podcaster and author Emma Gannon. So she said, we need more rich women. There are five women in the top 33 on the 2018 Sunday Times Rich List. Less than 12% of the world's billionaires are women in Forbes' annual world billionaires ranking. Most of them have inherited money. And she's right. I think there certainly isn't as many rich women as there is rich men. And here's a fun fact. There are more men named John in leading FTSE 100 companies, then there are women. So there are 17 Johns and 7 women. 17 Johns? Yeah. And if you don't know what a FTSE 100 company is, they are the 100 companies listed on the London Stock Exchange with the highest market capitalization. Don't really understand what that means, but I'm thinking, like, stock big, exchange, big money, 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 money yeah. Wolf of Wall Street or Wolf of Canary Wolf. The Canary <laughs> Wolf. wolf. <laughs> the Wolf
1: of Canary <laughs> Wolf.
0: Nice. <laughs> uh How awkward do you feel owning the fact that you make good money?
1: I hate talking about money. It's, like, considered impolite. Like, I hate negotiating my salary. We, make, we
0: know we make the same amount of money now because we've giggled each other I think you make on. a little bit more than me right No, now, you make the same. Okay. I went in for the other job higher. Oh, right, fine. And then for this job, I shit myself and went lower. (laughs) I was offered two jobs, one with more money, one with less, but I wanted the one with less. (laughs) I asked for less because I wanted it more.
1: Yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, we're always negotiating our salaries in television, right? Every three months, we have to renegotiate them and talk about them and talk about money. And, I like, it's so awkward. It's, like, I know that I've done two jobs now where I've been severely underpaid. yeah. Uh, especially because I know one of them, the man who was doing the job before I took it, is a friend and got drunk at a wedding and told me how much he was on. Is it my wedding? Is it was at your wedding? Oh,
0: don't talk about money at my wedding. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I spoke to him about money at my wedding.
1: Yeah. I, th- I don't think I feel awkward about earning money. Like, again, I'm a, like social climbing in my mind and my parents would be like, well mm. done. You are in television and you're still able to eat. Um, I feel awkward about splashing cash on things. And yeah. I feel awkward about hanging, people, hanging out with people who... Uh, have less money than me and then they talk about being really broke and i'm like actually for the first time in my life i'm, I'm okay right.
0: i was talking to the faucet society last week i was doing a bit of research into like the gender pay gap and stuff like that and um they actually told me that because i was like oh yeah women don't ask for as much money as men and they're like actually new statistics have shown that women do ask for as much money more more money or ask for pay rises at the same rates that men do they're just much less likely to get it
2: because wow. so
0: much about the gender pay gap and equal pay is based around the fact that, all oh, women don't feel like they can ask for mm. more. And the Fawcett Society, the leaders in the pay gap, they are like, that is their main point of research. Mm. And they influence the government and all the findings on it. They They have all their studies commissioned. I don't know why I need to even... Like yeah. back up that fact so much we know who the forces of <laughs> society are. They, but that's
1: because of like an inbuilt patriarchy between, like, of employers who are like, well, yeah, you're a woman, so you're not going to be as good, or it's you're not going to be as putting
0: it back on women being like, is basically your your fault mm. that you don't make as much money because you haven't stood up and asked for it and it's a doggy dog world out there yeah. we do ask for it we just get told we can't have it I've been like told ask, all the time that I can't yeah. have as much money as I want I ask
1: for so much from life
0: <laughs> <laughs> I apply for
1: everything and I never get it I think it's good to ask
0: how do you feel about rich lists
1: I think they're really important actually. Do you? I think it's good for if if power is money, it's really good for the whole of the world to know who is to the be most accountable.
0: Powerful. So, when I was a kid, I was like totally obsessed with the fact that if Bill Gates died and in his will it was everybody in the world gets a chunk of his money, we'd all get seven pounds. <laughs> I was obsessed with that and I was like, let's do it. Even if people were like really rich, they would just get seven pounds, buy yourself a pint with it. Bill but Gates. Then in other countries that their currency means less. That £7 could be a lot of money for people. Well, Bill Gates has
1: basically said that he's going to give all of his money to organisations that, like, tackle healthcare and malaria. So, like... Amazing. He, I don't want the £7, because he's he's yeah. amazing, and he's not going to give anything to his kids. He's, like... And he's trying to get other rich philanthropists to make sure that they don't leave any inheritance to their mm. children, to, like, let the cycle not continue.
0: The you know phil- philanthropists... 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 I thought that they were like masters in giving like I thought they had a PhD in giving and they're like oh they knew the best places to give money mm. to and I was like oh yeah those philanthropists they're amazing <laughs> and then I found out I just googled it because I was like what is a philanthropist I need to double check this have they been to university they, they're just rich people yeah. They just give their money away yeah. do you think that's okay?
1: Yeah, of course. Rich people should be able to do whatever they no, But should
0: they have money? Like, Should they choose? Like, oh, this charity is important to me, so I'm giving it to them. What about the other charities? Well, as
1: far as, like, that's the world we live in. I couldn't say if it's okay, but that is, like, how it works, right? You earn money. It's your money. You get to do what you want with your money. Like, should I be allowed to spend money on ASOS that I really don't need? No. Like, on all this shit that I buy? <laughs> Like, probably not. But I would hate the idea of anyone telling me what I can and cannot spend my money on. Yeah. So I can't put that back onto somebody who's got shitloads of money and be like, well, you can't spend your million pounds on that.
0: Yeah. I guess that's where I'm socialist because I I think we should... You should control how people spend their money. <laughs> well, I just feel like charity, charitable giving is kind, but pro- so problematic that charities are given money by... People, because people have their favourite charities, and it's not fair. Like the RSPC birds, <laughs> I don't know what they call RSPB. Them. The, yeah, the, the bird people get so much money. Yeah, and the cat people. I like the but like what about the ugly animals? What mm. about like different? You know, more urgent things. Like, but
1: that's your decision on what you think is more urgent. There's some environmentalist who's like, if we get rid of the fucking birds, everything's going to go to shit.
0: Global warming. We need a bit more money on that.
1: I mean, maybe birds will help, like, you know, regulate the temperature, keep wildlife, keep environments, you know.
0: I birds just feel do shit. like the government, a democratically elected good government, should... Distribute the money, and if you have extra money, you give it to the government and they decide whether it goes to the NHS or into cancer research. Tell or me,
1: but tell me what extra money is. Do you think you're fine yeah, now? So you every all the money that you have is extra because didn't your like lifestyle no, but go up? I, it doesn't feel like extra anymore. I
0: give a certain amount of money to charity, and I would continue giving it to charity if I you know like say i at the moment i give about 50 quid a month to charity when i was making less money i probably gave about 5 pounds a month to charity and that will go up with my earnings i mean i don't know but i you know if if the government had like a little slush fund for us mm. all to give to to for needy what and about, they decided whether schools needed it, the nhs needed what it, about different types social of social workers
1: doctors it. teachers yeah, they, well they dedicate all their in whole it. life to to doing stuff for the needy anyway you want them their salaries also to be a chunk to be taken out to go back into that as well.
0: No, not their salaries. It's not like a tax. It's like a charitable giving. But then I guess no one would give, would they? How do you measure it? No. I think it's complicated. Does money give you power?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. In every way, it gives you the power. Can you ever have power, power
0: without money? Purchasing mm. power? <laughs> don't
1: I don't know. I don't think My so. mum talks
0: about purchasing power. She talks
1: about my purchasing power a lot. Purchasing power, your credit score. Yeah. I, d- I don't think that you can have power
0: without money. Do you think money brings you happiness? (sighs) Cynically, yes. Yeah, I do. I think people often want to say that it doesn't, but I think it it gives you a basis for being able to... Like, not having money, not having enough money to feed your family, to pay your rent, to be living on the edge all the time, like, worrying for your life, to give you that peace of mind to know that, yeah, we can live for a few more months, we can maybe save up for a holiday, we can do extra things can it gives you like that contentment that i think is much more important than the happiness myth mm, well money gives
1: you freedom like freedom yeah. to like not work and freedom to go on holiday and freedom to like you know be an individual human and do your own share. Mm. yeah so that would make me happy like freedom would make me happy
0: but then power makes you happy then yeah interesting okay on that note let's end <laughs> Thank you for for listening to the DAS podcast. This podcast has been brought to you and recorded in the pod. In White City Place, which it's has been very exciting. Thank you, Claire, for listening to us. Thank
1: you for having us. It was she's lovely. been recording
0: us. That's probably why we sound a little bit better this, this time than maybe we normally do. Maybe we just do. sound really
1: nervous because we're like, there's somebody else here. I wonder if she's judging us.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I make eye contact with Claire just to make sure. And
1: maybe you're making her feel like uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> <whatever. laughs> um, so um, it would be really nice if you subscribed to us, like us, on iTunes, share, Check us. out our
1: website, daspodcast.com and uh, get in touch like it share it das it I think we would say das it together okay like it share it das Das it it. (laughs) that's so cheesy we're really cheesy yay (laughs)